What's up, everyone? Hope you're doing well. Rich here. We are just wrapping up. We just had our last formal session of How to Work Less, Cohort 5. And I got to say, we had an awesome, awesome group this time. People were really putting in the work, getting a lot of big wins, and just super, super engaged in the community. It was really, really awesome. So if you're listening from Cohort 5, thank you. I had a really great time teaching it. As I mentioned, I've been doing these mini episodes as I've been devoting most of my attention to facilitating and teaching this cohort, you know, doing upwards of five hours of additional teaching stuff each week. Um, I expect that either next week or maybe the following, um, because I will be traveling next week, we'll be back with our regularly scheduled long form stuff. I have a lot of things in the backlog that I want to talk about. Not only things that you know I've had outlined since before I created the podcast, but also um, just up to the minute, up to the date, business stuff that I want to talk about as I'm thinking through. You know, as I've mentioned on previous podcasts, I kind of structure my year in three sprints, and this is now going to be another period where I'm figuring out how to spend my time for the next three months before we do um, cohort six in January. So there's a lot to talk about, a lot of exciting updates there. Um, I'm still wrapping my head around it, you know, conferring with my network, talking with folks in my team, um, spending some time just working really hard on the business and and not so much in it. And uh, I just want to share with you what that process looks like. So you have that to look forward to in the coming weeks in October. But in the meantime, I wanted to sit back and revisit a framework that as I was writing my book pitch slash proposal, kind of came out over the course of my writing. I was doing a lot of writing. That's where some of the ideas for these podcast episodes have come from. And uh, I wanted to just really kind of use this as an opportunity to share this framework with you and, you know, consider it to be like uh, an open forum. Okay. This isn't finalized. This isn't finished. It's something I'm thinking about. I feel pretty strongly about parts of it, but I've never really kind of taped it all together and turned it into one big idea. So let's get into it. The idea here that we're gonna talk about is the three phases of solopreneurship. And as I've worked with folks teaching the course, uh, when people come to me for for help or advice, I, I tend to see that people roughly end up in one of three different phases of their journey. And I feel like it's important to outline that so we can get some clarity on where we are, because once we understand where we are, the next actions and the next steps become much, much more obvious. So that's what I want to talk about today, three phases of solopreneurship. So as a solopreneur or a freelancer or a small business owner, whatever you want to call yourself, I, there's, been a lot, <laughs> there's been a lot of discourse recently about the term solopreneur and what that even means. And if you, you know, are not just doing 100% of the work yourself, are you a solopreneur? Listen, I don't care. Um, I consider myself to be one despite working with a wide variety of freelancers and contractors and things like that. Um, I don't have any full-time employees, but I don't know. I think that's besides the point. It's a small business that is designed for goals other than making maximum money and scaling as fast as possible. That's kind of how I think about it. But 
if you're listening to this and you are self-employed, the thing you need to know is that your most important resource, the number one thing that you have at your disposal is your time. You get 168 hours a week. And once you subtract all of the life stuff, you really don't have that much at your disposal. Think, you know, if you're going to sleep for eight hours, you got to eat, you got to exercise, you want to spend time with your family, you want to live your life. Most people don't actually have that much time when it's all said and done to devote to work. And that can be a sobering realization um, because often when we sit down at the desk, we feel like, oh, I have limitless time. Um, but time is a finite resource. So number one, our most important resource is time. I think we can all agree that makes sense. It's the only one that is actually, I'm going to tell you about a few more. It's the only one that we don't get more of. It is limited in quantity. So the three things that we're going to play with in the three phases of solopreneurship are number one, your money. This is a powerful resource. What you can use your money for is you can use it to acquire more time. Okay, resource number two is our time, like we talked about, the most important one. And our goal of spending our time is to acquire more money, ideally at the highest rate possible. And then finally, our third resource is our brain. <laughs> and you're going to need your brain if you want to do any of this stuff right. And what we're going to use our brain for is to decide how to allocate our money and time through our strategy. And I hope that the three phases of solopreneurship are going to help you to define where you are and what your strategy should be. So as we go through each of these three phases or steps, um, we're going to think about what the most important resource is and how to use it to get the best possible outcome. So the goal here, by and large, whether you stop this podcast right now and don't listen to anything else, is that your goal is to use every unit of time that you have <laughs> to acquire as much money as possible. That is the goal of business. It makes a lot of sense, but I often see people act in ways that are not at all in alignment with it. So if you are trying to create a business that generates money, <laughs> your goal is to spend your time effectively so that you get the most money for each unit of time because it's, you know time is limited. That is our one big constraint. And we talk about this a ton in How to Work Less. Um, you know, I talk about this concept of the effective hourly rate, which is a great benchmark for determining the value of your time at this point. So you can actually figure out whether your actions are moving the needle with regards to the value of your time or not. If you're curious about the EHR, you can Google it, effective hourly rate, um, or you can just join How to Work Less. Okay, so step one, there are three phases. Our first phase is you are in the situation where you have more time than money. So if you wake up in the morning and the world is your oyster and you feel like you have nothing to do, just broad, expansive horizons of nothingness, <laughs> that's a good place to be, okay? I've been there at one point when I first got out of school. Um, I certainly had more time than money because at that point, my time was not extremely valuable. And there is nothing wrong with that. I encourage you, number one, to enjoy it because... You will wake up one day 
<laughs> and your time is going to be very full. But if you are in this situation, which I call the first phase of solopreneurship, you have more time than money. And by and large, your goal, your act is to learn how to say yes. And the number one resource you have to deploy at your disposal is time. So if you're early on in the process, you're just starting out, you're probably going to have more free time than money. And at this point, what I would recommend that you do at this point in your journey is to deploy your time as much as you can. And what that's going to mean is saying yes more than you're saying no. I remember 10 years ago when I was first starting out, I would kind of just say yes to anything because um, I didn't have much going on and I wanted to learn. And that was a good it was a good time, you know. I said yes to projects that maybe I wasn't <laughs> skilled enough to to do, but I, you know, I sank or swam and made it work. Um, I learned a lot of new skills. You know, I talked to a lot of people. Um, so your goal at this point in your journey is to say yes to things that come in, to things that excite you, and to follow your curiosity. Now. In terms of what you say yes to and how you spend your time that you have at your disposal, I want you to think about some of these things that you should be spending your time on at the more time than money phase. So number one, and I think this is the, the biggest one, is you want to spend your time acquiring profitable skills. And when I say profitable skills, I think this is a, a term that needs a definition. Um, these are skills that you can directly trade for money, okay? They're not soft skills or kind of secondary or tertiary or adjacent skills. So something like design or development or animation, um, you know, or sales, right? You can go out and you can get paid to do sales, for instance. So when I think about profitable skills, I think it as like the core foundational skill. So for me, like the core foundational skill that I learned first, and then I stacked a bunch of complementary skills around it was design. That is what I learned first. I think everyone should have one foundational skill that they can start to build upon. So it could be, you know, copywriting for you, or it could be that you're a developer, or it could be that you're an editor. Um, the idea here is that more than anything else, you want to spend time developing one profitable skill that's going to be kind of the foundation for your skill stack from there that's number one so do what you can to figure out how to acquire a profitable skill there are plenty of courses there are people you can learn from um there are options number two is do that skill and start making money doing it and this sounds quite obvious but i see so many people where they're in this situation where they have all this free time at their disposal and yet they don't take actions towards doing work that's paid with their profitable skill um, so maybe they spend too much time learning and not enough time trying to figure out how to make money and as a result they stall out and they don't kind of progress as fast as they would otherwise if they didn't start the process of you know doing a little entrepreneurship Okay, from there, next set of skills that you may want to think about is what I call the solopreneur skills. So I, these are like the secondary skills that are worth 
beginning to understand. This could be something like copywriting, content creation, offer creation, sales, marketing, landing pages, funnels, right? These types of things that you're going to need to understand if you want to run a one person business. And it's worth spending the time upfront to understand these because one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be super busy and you're going to wish that you knew some of this stuff to begin with. So yeah, you have your core skill and then you start stacking more kind of solopreneur skills on top of it. All right, last thing worth paying attention to and thinking about is once you have your profitable skill, you're doing some work that's paid, maybe you have one or two solopreneur skills under your belt and to reach proficiency, just so you know, like you don't have to go to college for this stuff. You can reach 80 to 90% proficiency in a solopreneur skill via the internet, whether it's by watching YouTube videos or taking a course or doing some coaching in not a lot of time, you know, six months for real to be above average. It doesn't take as much time as you think it does. And then the last thing is figuring out one acquisition channel. Um, so when you think about your business, there's going to be a way where you acquire customers. And there are skills around each of them. What I don't recommend and what I, I see people fall into the trap of is picking too many and trying to do it all at once. So acquisition skill would be like whether you want to go down the route of building an audience on social media or whether you want to master cold outreach and maybe get really good at cold emails or cold DMs or whatever. Or maybe you want to master sales calls and you know getting on the phone with people one-on-one -on -one and finding clients that way. Or maybe you want to at spend your time networking and you really like just building a network of people and creating mutually beneficial relationships and partnerships and things like that. Or maybe you just want to do what I call the referral system, which is, you know, a system that we teach in how to work less, which is basically creating a systematized method for getting refer referrals on a regular cadence, as opposed to just like hoping that they come in randomly. So if you're in a situation when you have more time than money, your goal is to spend that free time that you have so that you can basically acquire profitable skills, start making money, and then learn some supplemental skills and an acquisition channel to go along with it. So your goals are as follows. Number one, increase the value you can provide to your customers by stacking valuable skills. Therefore, you can charge more money. And as a result, you're probably gonna end up getting busier sooner than later. Number two is figure out how to communicate that value to your customers. And then number three is deliver the value to your customers. All right, so if you are just starting out, I think this is a very, very simple blueprint to be effective in a time where maybe you're not making as much money as you would like to, or you wake up and you feel like you have a lot of time at your disposal. So that's phase one is you have more time than money and you need to figure out how to say yes to the right things. All right, let's get into the meat of it. And I think where most people come to me is at this part in their journey. And this is a big, big roadblock that I see a lot of people struggle with. And it can honestly be an area where people never make it out of. And I call phase two, it's the transition. And this is where you need to learn how to say no and learn how to prioritize. And at this point, 
the primary resource that we have at our disposal is that we want to deploy is our brain to learn the skill of prioritization. And this is where things get messy because at a certain point, you are going to take the advice that I talked about in phase one, and you're going to have a little bit of time and a little bit of money. And this is where most solopreneurs, small businesses get stuck. I call it maxed out on time, maxed out on money. So you're in a situation where your time is fully committed because you have too much work to do. You've got a million things going on. Maybe you're overcommitted in a wide variety of areas. And as a result, you don't see a path forward for making any more money because there's no time, right? Um, you're just going to keep doing the same things that you're doing to keep your head above water. And as a result, <laughs> you never make progress. And this is like the sticky swamp of entrepreneurship where time is maxed out, money is maxed out, and often people don't know what to do from this point. And in this instance, people will do one of two things. All right. So once you have a little bit of time and a little bit of money, first thing. People will keep saying yes to every new project, every new idea, every new customer that comes in without any discretion. So they take that skill that is so valuable, the skill of learning to say yes in phase one, and they continue to apply it without discretion beyond its expiration date. And as a result, skills that are helpful early on become detrimental as we grow. So they end up in a situation where they're maxed out. They're fully booked with bad customers or customers that are not ideal or are not paying enough. Or they say yes to too many shiny objects, too many different ideas or new things that they see. They're like, hey, I need to get on YouTube. Hey, I need to start a podcast. Hey, I need to be on LinkedIn. Hey, I need to start um, a new product in my business. Hey, I need to learn how to become a web developer and start offering that, whatever it is, too many shiny objects. And as a result, they make 1% progress in 100 different directions. And what's the end result? Burnout, All right? You end up working way too many hours for not enough money. Second thing that can happen, which is equally detrimental in an entirely different way, is they too early start spending money to free up their time. And the reason that people do this is they look to other businesses, maybe they look to the media or to TV and they say, oh, you know, I'm a job creator. I um, am out here helping people. And they hire up, um, rightfully understanding that they're maxed out on time, but they don't have the foundation built correctly. So they hire this big team that they really don't need and they hire up too early. And as a result, they are not profitable. And often what you see is like people will literally go out of business from making this mistake. I think hiring too fast for a small business, especially if it's not the right time, can be a recipe for disaster. You know, I hear stories from people all the time where they hired too fast and, you know, they're, they don't even get to take a salary because they're too busy just paying their team. Um, what you need to understand about especially hiring full-time and we have this concept that I teach called low risk delegation. You can probably find it somewhere online. I talk about it in some, some trainings and videos that I've done, but it's also in how to work less. And low risk delegation is the antithesis to this because when people 
hire up full-time too fast, your expenses will never be lower than whatever you commit to with your full-time employee. So you are effectively setting a floor on your expenses that you are responsible for from here on out. And that can literally mean that you're in a situation where, you know, you don't get to pay yourself because you have to pay your team or you have to take on a bad project because you need to keep paying people. And that can literally tank a business. I've seen it many, many times. And as a result, people give up on self-employment. They think it's too hard and they don't even understand why things didn't work out. All right. So your goal in phase two is to use your brain. If you're kind of in this phase where you're maxed out on time and you're maxed out on money and there is no path forward, your goal here is to master prioritization and figure out number one, what things move the needle and say yes to them. And when I say move the needle, I usually use that to describe things that increase the value of your time or make your money. Okay. Figure out what moves the needle. Number two is figure out how to do much more of that. And then number three is how to figure out how to do less of everything else. And the funny thing is all of this revolves around what I consider to be the most important entrepreneurial skill, which is simply prioritization. So it is defining how do we spend our very fixed units of time in the most optimal and efficient way possible. And so in this phase, you're figuring out how to increase the value of your time. And one of the shorthands that I have kind of taught people as a way to figure out how to prioritize, um, because it can be often so daunting when we talk about prioritization to really understand that you have essentially infinite options to choose from. And I'm asking you to pick one. (laughs) and go all in on it. Um, So a framework that I find that is useful for people is to start with the inverse or start to ask yourself, what do I not want to do? So what things are, what things am I currently doing that are not making money? Okay. What things am I doing that are making me less money than other things that I'm doing? And what things am I doing that I don't enjoy doing. And this is kind of like inverse prioritization. So it's starting by asking yourself, hey, what's not working right now? Okay. Whether it is from a financial perspective or whether it is from a quality of life perspective, what do I not like doing? And the beauty of this is when you master this and you start to ask yourself, what do I not like doing? You can then figure out how do I spend less time doing it? And you're going to have to master saying no to yourself. You're going to have to master saying no to customers, not only your current ones, but potential ones that maybe aren't a great fit. You're going to have to learn how to say no to other people, to you know, to avoid shiny objects, to set boundaries and not say yes to everything. And that is usually the fastest way to figure out how to prioritize in your business is really just sit down and ask yourself, hey, what am I doing that's not working? And do less of it. And then from there, you can flip it around and ask yourself, all right, so what is really moving the needle right now? You know, what are the types of customers or clients that are I love working with that are paying me much more and actually value what I do? 
All right, and then you start to work from there. So the goal here is to understand the skill of prioritization and use it as a way to profitably free up your time from this kind of max out on time, max out on money mindset. All right, so that means figuring out what moves the needle, doing a lot more of that, and then saying no to everything else so that you can keep freeing up your time. Now, at this point, how you want to spend your time, and this is just my kind of blueprint for when you are in this phase, phase two, in this transitional phase, is number one, you want to spend maybe 45% of your time or so, these aren't hard percents or anything, doing tasks that directly make you money at or above your EHR that are ideally in your zone of genius or are where you add massive value or where you are value positive. So these are like the things that only you can do where you provide the most value to your customers and to your business. And usually the way you're going to be able to figure that out is it is things that you have high skill and high expertise in that make you the most money. That's a great indicator of if you're going to spend your time going out and doing you know actual client work or customer work, that's how to spend that time. All right. The other part is you want to start spending some time doing what I call growth tasks or building leverage. And this is the step where we start to think about working on our business, not in it. And there are a wide variety of tasks. I will refer you to another podcast episode, which I recorded, which goes into the details on um, growth tasks versus um, maintenance tasks in your business. And uh, of course, I can't remember what the episode is, but I will, uh, maybe I'll link it in the show notes or something if you can't find it. Um, But I talk a lot about that in detail, so I'm not going to go into it right now. And then to satisfy your curiosity, because I know that for everyone, we all like to have one shiny object or one pet project, devoting just a small percentage of your time at this phase to what I call, you know, a small bet to quote Daniel Vassilo from Twitter, I think that's his last name, um, or just one tiny shiny object that you can just play around with that has the potential for outstanding returns in the long term um, and just commit to one tiny bet. All right. So that is really the area where people have the biggest problem is once you're maxed out on time and you're maxed out on money. And I can say with certainty that the only way out of this is prioritization and understanding what is really important and what's not moving the needle. And as a result, you're going to free up your time and you're going to make much more money because you're going to spend your time on the things that are really actually making progress. And then eventually you'll wake up and you're in phase three. And this is its own set of skills that you really need to learn. And phase three is when you have more money than time. And at this point, you know, you're bringing in a decent amount of money and you'll actually have the point where you have more money at your disposal than you have time. And at this point, the resource is money and it makes sense to start spending some of that, deploying it strategically to free up your time. And this is a really good place to be in your business, but so often I see people are there and they never make the time to do it. 
you know, they never spend the money and put it back into their business to free up your time. And the big hack here when it comes to buying back your time, um, there's a great book on this topic. It's called Buy Back Your Time. It's by Dan Martell. And the goal here is to start with your schedule. So look at your tasks every day when you wake up and ask yourself, how can I spend money to deploy cash so that I can free up my time on my personal schedule? Because the big mistake that people make is they start spending money to do stuff that they're not currently doing. So they have this idea in their head. I'll give you an example. They have this idea that they need to start a YouTube channel and they're gonna be able to get a lot more customers or a lot more clients coming in the door if they just had a YouTube channel. And right now, you, you know, that person, the business owner is not spending any time on the YouTube channel. So what do they do? They have the money and they say, okay, I'm gonna go hire someone to build my YouTube channel. That is the exact wrong approach. You want to spend money to free up your time um, because when you spend money to, to free to tackle tasks that you're not currently doing, it's not going to help your quality of life. All right. You're going to continue to do the exact same stuff. So if you are maxed out on time right now, you know, you're working your capacity. If you spend your money to just bring people in to do new stuff, your life will not change. Your quality of life will not change. The problems that you're working on in your business will not change. Nothing is going to move. You're going to do the same stuff over and over and over again. So instead, you really need to think about spending money to free up your time so that you can evolve and you can do different things in your business and you can really become you know, the business owner as opposed to the, uh, the employee in your business. And you can start to spend money on things like delegation, right? Bringing on a team member, um, software, learning to speed up the learning curve, coaching. There's a million things that you can do. You can also obviously spend money to free up time on the house or house, uh, personal life side of things. So household tasks, things you don't like doing, goals you want to accomplish. And the idea here is that throughout these entire three phases, right? We are transitioning from having all of this time at our disposal but not having a lot of value associated with it to figuring out how to have a high EHR, effective hourly rate, or a high value of our time. And once you get there, the last step is to spend this money to free up our time again. All right. So one example of knowing when you should buy up your time, and this is from Ramit Sethi, um, who wrote this awesome book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, if you haven't read it. And um, he says... The places where you should delegate, or sorry, where you should not delegate are the areas where you add massive value. So he says, you know, double down where you add massive value. So there's only a small handful of tasks where we are truly, truly great and we provide a ton of value. Those are the things that you should be doing much, much more of and you should be delegating the rest. So where are you value positive? So you are providing more value than anyone else that you could hire or anyone else on your team. Now, where you should think about spending money to free up your time is these tasks that he calls value neutral areas. And this is such a great concept. Um, it is things that you can do that you're currently doing in your business, but you could hire someone else to do and get the exact same level of value. 
So, you know, the example Ramit gives, he says, I'm value neutral at copy editing every line of our emails and blog posts. I'm okay, not great, and I'm neutral about it. This is something that if you can have someone else do it, you should do it. And then finally, you should definitely buy back your time on (laughs) value negative areas. So these are just parts of your business where you are literally not excited about it, not interested in it. Um, And often these are things like admin tasks, you know, just like managing emails, um, doing kind of brute force work and just small tasks that you really should not be doing. Um, So when you think about where you want to keep spending your time, it's on those massive value tasks, the value positive tasks, and then delegate everything else. All right. So I think I'm going to leave it there based on our kind of 30 minute timeline here. I'm really curious, you know, these are just concepts that I've been paying attention to, things that I've been thinking about as I work with other people. Let me know, what do you think about this framework? Do you think there's anything missing? You know, what areas do you feel like resonate for you? Where are you right now in the journey? You know, are you in the phase one where you have more time than money? Are you stuck in that phase two transitional area where you need to figure out prioritization? Or are you kind of mastering phase three where you have more money than time and now your goal is to just deploy that money strategically to free up your time so that you can continue to grow and kind of move on. So I hope you enjoyed this one. I'm really excited to hear what you think about it. Um, What else? Oh yeah, you know, as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and a five-star review. It makes a huge difference. It took me uh, a couple hours to put this episode together. It will only take you two minutes to give me uh, a nice rating and a review. And hopefully that is an equal exchange of value. And uh, yeah, we're wrapping up how to work less right now. The next cohort will be in January, which is an awesome time. Awesome time. People are always so fired up in January to work on your business. So if you're interested, you can hop on the wait list right now. Learn.howtoworkless.com. I will be back either next week. Well, I'll be back next week 100% but it may be another mini episode or it may be a full length one, but I have a lot of stuff to talk about to update you on with regards to my business. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So everyone enjoy your week and I will catch you soon.